Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spring Fever. If you've been watching any of my content this week, you can know that I am sounding better and better each and every day. Getting over the Vegas flu. As always, I am joined by one Uncle Rico, a.k.a. Eric, my man, also getting over something. So this is going to be the sickest podcast you might listen to this week. I mean, on my live stream, I sounded like I was coughing up a lot. Like, dude, I had like a, there was like a two minute. Of me. <coughs> that's what I sounded like. That's, that's, that's what you sound like on your live stream. I, if you watch that, um, if you watch my uh, XFL week two recap, I filmed that Sunday. Or I filmed it Monday morning. So basically, if you watch that or watch the gymnasium, um, I sound so horrible. And I got a little bit better yesterday. I went to work yesterday, which Respect. sucked. And then uh, today, I was a little bit better. I was only coughing infrequently. I love it. Been, been love popping it. cough drops like little candies. Yeah, that's what I do, too. I pop cough drops. I have... Um... I basically go through a full packet of the Energizer C. Oh, I, I, um, I've been doing, I always fucking forget the name of it. Whatever, uh, Alka-Seltzer. I've been doing the Alka-Seltzer in my water and I just chug the water. So, you know what? I, I need to ask you this and it's been something I've been dying to ask you. How much money I lost in Vegas? Because everybody's no. been asking me that. No, everybody's no. asking that. It's a lot of money. Shut the fuck up about it. It's a lot of money. It's a personal question, dude. You know Thank what? you. I'm not, I'm not here to judge you for that. All of the I'm, money. I will judge you on this. Did you go to the pepper mill to eat? No. That's a rookie mistake, dude. It is. Mistake, dude. Where's that at? Um, it's a little bit off the strip. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, dude. You know what? You go to that pepper mill, dude. Oh, dude. I mean, oh, that looks. The pictures look sick. I mean, like, unbelievable, dude. You, Jimbo oh, has the hangover, dude. Go up to the pepper mill. Is it? Are you talking about the one at Resort World? Um, I don't even know the address of it. The one, yeah. Yup. Is it that like a super new casino? No, no, it's not in a casino. No, my fault. Oh, okay. Right, where's the ad? It's just right off the strip, dude. Okay, but I'll keep that in mind for next time because I want to go to Vegas. I want to make Vegas like a yearly trip. Because goddamn it, I had fun. You can do the sixty-four hours Scorpio. That's not. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did the six-ounce Twilight Special at South Point for six dollars. Phenomenal. I've been there, done that, my friend. That casino's a special place. It, it's going to hold a special place in my heart now. Now, did you go to Old Vegas at all? In Fremont and whatnot? Yeah. We were staying at Circa, and they're, they're down in Fremont, so that's where we were staying. I mean, I went, my first time ever going to Vegas as a young pup, we were down there, and <coughs> I saw one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my life roll up to the casino pushing a baby stroller and just start fucking going to town. Uncle Rico was about to give it all up. I was about ready to get on fucking one one knee, dude. I was about ready to get on one knee, but I was there with the female, so I couldn't do it. So 
I will say, like, I didn't pay for a drink basically the entire trip, mm-hmm. which is always nice. Um, South Point, I discuss, this is my first time going to South Point. It's beautiful. Can't recommend it enough. Next time I go there, I want to try out the bowling alley. Yeah. I heard you talking about the bowling alley. Um, I also, we found it, like, I didn't realize they had a roulette table that had no minimum. Really? Yeah, we were betting, like, dollar chips. And I was like, if I wasn't, because this was, this is the day that I flew in. I didn't get in until, like, 1130 at night. Okay. I was like, if I didn't just fly in today and was exhausted, I could do this for literally, like, 30 hours straight. I'll tell you what, Vegas, Vegas can go on you, man. Oh, I, it took a, it took everything out of me. Now, did I ever tell you the story about when I saved? I can't, you know, I, I can't say his name because I did sign NDA agreement. Just say, just say redacted. What do you mean? At, instead of the name, just say the word redacted. So there, I'll just say. So there was a professional athlete. Can I say that? You tell me. Yeah, he was a professional athlete. Then yeah. There what? We were staying at Caesars. We were cutting through the Bellagio. Bellagio has that escalator that's like a hundred and forty degree incline. Okay. Yes. Straight up. Late at night, I was going. We're walking by. I feel someone bump into me by the escalator. I turn. I see them falling, and I grab said athlete by his arm, prevent him from falling down the escalator. He is inebriated. He is drunker than me and my buddy combined. He invites us up to his suite for a beer. We go up there. We have to put our cell phones in a little bowl. We had to sign the NDA. Um, I like how he has that, like, on standby. Yeah, well, dude, he had security guards. Why was there security guards with him? I guess they lost him from what we could kind of gather from what was what was talking. And then we went to, in there, we get a Budweiser. Out of every beer that we could get, we get an effing Budweiser. And we sit down. We literally crack over the beer. We, Jimbo, we haven't been in this room for like 30 seconds. And then another guy shows up and he has three women that are just effing drop dead gorgeous. And all of them are topless with thongs. And the big guy who brought him in just goes like this. That's what he did. He just snapped his fingers, gave the circle, and the point toward the door like this. For you guys? Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. We, we we left. Nice. So that that was my story. Jesus. That was, that was my story, yeah. My biggest story is I just went to the Vipers game. It was kind of fun, and then it wasn't. I want to talk about that Vipers game. I want let's, to not, let's, let's just go through week, uh, week two real quick. So starting off, we had the Battlehawks versus... The Sea Dragons, Thursday night football in the XFL. Battlehawks do it again with the late comeback. I'm going to stand by my take that A.J. McCarron in the second half, while down, is the best player in the league. While down is the best player in the league. A.J. McCarron in the second half, while the Battlehawks are down, is the best player in the league. 
All right, so this is this is my thing with that game. Okay. Now, do I like Thursday night football? Yes, Jimbo. I love Thursday night. Everybody football. loves Thursday night football. I love Thursday night football. But what week of this is the XFL? It's week two. Let's put it in later in the season when the product's a little bit more crisp. This yeah, let's put it. In, let's put it like week five, six. Yeah. yeah, just put it a little later. You know what I mean? These teams are still figuring it out. They're not crisp. There's a little bit of issues. There is some sloppy play. That's my only issue. Um, <coughs> Jesus, St. Louis. <coughs> we sound like, we sound so effing sick right now. We're, we're right battling now. through it. Um, my issue with St. Louis. How long can they keep this up? I think they really right only need to keep it up one more week, and then they get the home game. I mean, but they could easily be zero two right now in Seattle. Seattle, I mean, they could easily be two and zero. Yeah, Seattle could easily be two and zero, but for the way the Battlehawks have been figuring out ways to win games, Seattle's been finding ways to lose games. Yep. And that's a big thing in a league like this. And especially when there's only ten games. Like you don't have that many games to I mean make the up. Teams that are, the teams that are 0 2, they're 0 2 and they're in a must win at Las Vegas, who's also in a must win. Well, I was gonna say, especially like the Sea Dragons, especially because the other two teams in their division, yes, they play each other this week, so they're not both gonna be two and zero, but the defenders of Battlehawks right now are both two and zero with victories over the Sea Dragons. Mm-hmm. Little worrying, little worrying there. Little worrying. I think so. Chase had the take, and I think this is fairly accurate. The St. Louis Battlehawks this year are the XFL's Birmingham Stallions. Because if you you remember the USFL last year, the Stallions were winning by like the the friggin thin of their neck by the skin of their neck week in and week out. We were you you and me were both being like this team is winning, but man, they could easily be losing every single game. Yep. Yep. Ka 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 ka. And Frozo is saying the attendance in Seattle was bad. I think that's a factor that's probably plays into the Thursday night aspect of it. And they are playing in an NFL stadium. So everything's gonna look a little Yeah, so it's like a com it's like a combo effect. I don't yeah. think it was great, but Thursday and NFL Stadium. So, like, I don't think Seattle will ever look fantastic, even if they get a pretty good crowd, which I think if they play on, like, a Saturday or Sunday, they will. Mm-hmm. Speaking of crowds and not impressive and whatever, D.C. Defenders took on the Vegas Vipers. The Defenders, in a comeback win again, won 18-6. The Vipers really didn't do anything after the first quarter. So... You know, you were there, so you have a completely different... Pre-game environment was fun. I liked it. I shotgunned to Zoa. And uh, I will say my one critique of the pre-game environment, it did feel a little, like, slapped together. See, because that's kind of... Every other game I've watched in in the XFL was visually pleasing with the field and the setup to the eyes. What I saw from Las Vegas was not. And I really feel that they didn't do 
a good enough job planning on getting a stadium. Now they're stuck playing at Cashman. Yep. And for the eyes to the viewer, it doesn't look good. Now, I admit it, my mom is probably one of the sharpest sports people I know. That's where I get it from. My mom knows her shit. She sent me a text message saying, this looks like a fucking high school game. Excuse my language. Direct quote from my mother. I think it would have looked better even if it was at the high school stadium there. I've been saying for a while, I, I understand why they don't do it because you can't serve alcohol. But I really would have liked them to play it like Bishop Gorman. Yeah, it just it wasn't visually pleasing to what was on the stadium. Plus, you factor in, you know, the rain, the field just looked like shit. And I expect more from this league. Obviously, you know, we saw my boy King come in and the Vipers could not stop the run. They just it's like they were clueless with with the QB power. And I, I, I'm, I'm also going to say this, okay? Another thing that pisses me off about this league. What is, who do they, who do they have a deal with? Who does ESPN. Now, who is the, the top sports channel market, whatever? ESPN. How the hell am I going to ESPN and not seeing some goddamn box scores? Yeah, well, what do you mean? Like, during the game, I'm trying to see, like, a play-by-play, a drive, seeing how many yards King has, trying to see something during the game. You can't click on stuff during the game. You can't see anything that's going on. Oh, like on ESPN's website? On ESPN's website or on my phone. That's fucked up. That's – that is fucked up, Jim. I think maybe – I don't know. It's dumb. It's it's probably very dumb. I'm on ESPN's website right now. Okay. Yeah, I think I don't know why ESPN's not doing it, but I it's very stupid. I think if you go to the fucking XFL website, they have everything there. But the fact that it's not on ESPN is stupid. Jim, if I can go and I can see a play-by-play from freaking Linda Wood in Southeast Missouri State. I really don't get it. I think I should be able to see that for the next time. You should. You I, should. I, I, I just I just think it's a bad product. We had the same issue with the USFL. Yep. Yep. It's so hard to find friggin' box scores and like injury reports and all this stuff for these leagues. And yeah, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. It's, Uncle that Rico. is dumb. Uncle Rico's britches are in a in a knot, and I'm gonna say it. Uh, I'm gonna say Vegas, like hands down, has the worst stadium out of every team in the XFL, hands down. Which is embarrassing. It's embarrassing that Vegas of all cities. Yep. It's it's felt like for the entirety of the buildup that Vegas has been like slap shotted together. That's a great analogy like every other team has had their shit together i don't understand what the issue has been with vegas they didn't have a stadium for how long they didn't have a stadium until like two weeks before the season started and i don't understand how you can agree to go to a city without a stadium lined up having a stadium lined up that makes zero sense we got frozen on the chat asking when king's going to be the full-time starter for the defenders week one 
What? Should have been since week one. My boy King. You want to know my take? What? I don't think he might. He might not become the full time starter. You might see a little New Jersey general situation for you USFL fans out there with the defenders, where they kind of play both quarterbacks for change of pace reasons. Look at you, dude. Look at you. Do you know how many passes Derek King has thrown in the XFL in two weeks? Zero. He's thrown a total of two. He's completed one. So, I, he's a great runner. Tomu's a great runner. Like, if you look at the stats for the game, Tomu had more rush yards. Yeah. Like, what did Tomu go? Tomu went... Rush yards right here. Jordan Tamu, 12 rushes, 68 yards. Derek King, 4 rushes for 32 yards. But you do notice with your eyeballs that the run game in general for D.C. does explode when Derek King gets in there. Yeah, he's just... That's kind of key in on be, Yeah, I think, I think he should be in, man. That's... Game number three. The Sunday game, I was happy I got to watch both Sunday games. I got home in time. San Antonio Brahmas whooped the shit out of the Orlando Guardians 30-12. to That's two blowout losses for the Guardians. No quarterback play. Um, and they, they start Paxton Lynch again, and then they pull him. Just put someone else in. You're bringing, like, I still don't know what Dormaday or Francois really look like. Because you're putting them in these shit situations. And I'm going to say this. And I don't mean to be a mean. You can be mean, Eric. It's it's your MO. You tell, you tell the truth. If you just kind of stack up the coaches, okay? This coaching staff of the Guardians by far is the worst. Well, we talked about it in the Guardians preview. The coaching staff and a lot of the position groups are, like, very raw. We were being nice and calling them raw and unex- like inexperienced comparatively to a lot of the rest of the league. But they had, like, at least the players had a lot of raw talent. So I, I, so I think the Guardians are the worst team. I think they're by far the worst team. I am not out of the realm of possibility. You could, I think the time for the Guardians will be week five. We will see a shift where they get better. I don't know, man. I'm going to call it week five. Guardians get their first win. I'm just not a fan. Week five, first win. I mean, they're not as bad as the Pittsburgh Maulers. No, they're not. Not even close. Because, like, they... They looked good in the first half. Their run game was going. Creep a freak in the chat, by the way. Why don't the Vipers play in Arlington? Um, at this point, it's probably just a sucking cost thing. They already paid for the stadium, so you just got to keep them there. Do you know, know who the Guardians' OC is? Not off the top of my head. Robert Ford. Robbie F- Bobby Ford? Robert Ford. <coughs> Do you know when the last time this guy coached was? Uh, 2016. You're close. 2000. 
and 11. Oof, oof. So my, my thing is this, dude. I truly feel if you're not around as a coach, if you're not around the game and not seeing how the game is changing, developing, and not around how it's a different era now. You know what I mean? You have to be able to relate to the players, not around the players, seeing how to relate to them. There's a huge issue, dude. He's been on a coaching for 12 years. And he's coming back. I know the guy's a Super Bowl winner. I know he's been a three-time All-American. But if you're not there and you can't relate to the players, it's you know it's just it, it, it's just bad, dude. It's it's just bad in my eyes, man. Frozo in the chat also brings up a good point. It looks worse as well because of the live mic. So you hear like when they have timeouts due to late play calling. Yeah, it's a worse look in the XFL. Oh, 100 percent. 100%. I will say shout out to G. Andre Francois for my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments of the weekend. All right, Still belly lift. Act two. Still belly lift. Shut the fuck up, y'all. Listen. Act two hot. Live mic, baby. But what does that tell you, though? Like, literally. That, like, tells, me, that tells me that they're kind of uh, undisciplined, unorganized a little bit. Unorganized, and they don't, he's not in control of the huddle. Well, he's not the starter, so it's it, like again. Let one of the other guys start. Do not put Paxton Lynch as the starter. I under someone on Twitter was talking to me. He had a lot of drops, and he did. The receivers played a bad game this game. Yeah, I will not put the loss solely on Paxton Lynch's shoulders, but he is not good. He's not. He's like the anti Jimmy G. He just doesn't win. He is the anti. I've never heard. And he's ugly. <laughs> I'll Sorry. Tell you what, it's. Yeah. It's, On the flip side, though, I think the Brahmas are kind of positioning themselves as a really good team. Jack Cohn, while like, he's not blowing the world up, he looks way better than I thought he would. Yeah. The run game week one was awesome for the Brahmas, and then he steps it up in the pass game this time. The defensive front for the San Antonio Brahmas is great. Um, they're I'm going to say they're probably the most balanced team in the XFL right now. I watch I, out. I agree. I right now, right right now, my playoffs are Houston, San Antonio, St. Louis, DC. Yeah. Yep. I. This is my one thing with them, and I mean, we've talked about it before. I also like Heinz Ward a lot. He seems to really enjoy himself. Yeah, he seems like he's like, having fun. Seems um, like he's having a blast. <coughs> I just don't trust Jack Cohn. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I can't trust Jack Cohn in the big moments. This week, week three when we get into it, this this will be the game. This is the This is the biggest test. Yeah. This this is a big one. Like they lose against the Battlehawks, but the Battlehawks are somehow magic. So I'm not gonna like scrap that all on him. They've got some horseshoe up their ass, but the Roughnecks are the best team, and that'll just lead us right into the game four. Arlington Renegades at the Houston Roughnecks. The Roughnecks win it twenty three to fourteen. Battle of Texas. It was exciting again. It was still fun. I mean, I just kind of feel. How can I say this? When you have Wade Phillips, your your defense is just going to be ahead. 
That defense is so good. Just, just they're just ahead right now. First year league offenses are still kind of trying to catch up a little bit to the defenses, and I just feel that they're just ahead of the curve. Um, Brandon Hiho Silver. I don't really know if he's. I don't. I don't really trust him as a quarterback. I I was talking about this with Chase on the gymnasium earlier this week, and I don't know. Brandon Silvers is like, I'm going to put Brandon Silvers as like the benchmark spring qu- football quarterback. Where like, you're a good spring football quarterback if you're better than Brandon Silvers. If you're worse than him, then you're bad. But he's like middling. He's he's middle of the pack. He has moments where he looks great, and he has moments where he looks terrible. But most of the time, he's just all right. They bring Cole McDonald in and kind of use him as a runner. I I don't know. I'm just I would say, see what you got with McDonald for a game. But you're in the driver's seat. Why would you though? I I understand why they wouldn't. I understand why they wouldn't. Because like until you until you lose. Stick with what what's getting you there. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't know if I would trust Brandon Silvers. I, I trust the defense with my life. I don't know if I trust Brandon Silvers to like if they need him to win the game, I don't know if he could do it. There are quarterbacks in the league that I feel like could win you the game if you put it on their shoulders. We've seen it. Like AJ McCarron can win you a game if he needs to. I would trust AJ McCarron and I would trust if if it came to it I might trust Jack Cohn. I don't trust Jack Cohn. And like I still like I get it like they've blown two leads already. In my heart I still trust Ben DiNucci. I don't know. Ben DiNucci. I still trust DiNucci, but I don't know about Silvers. And then on the flip side. The Renegades, I also feel like they have a, a good defense, but it's being squandered by the lack of rush game. They're like one of the worst rushing teams in the league, and I thought they would be top two. And I don't know if Drew Plitt is a good quarterback. I'm, I, I expected more from Stu. I think if you're the Renegades, why not see, why not just put him out for a game? You're, you're one and one. Yep. Put slow, put put Slaughter out there for a game. Yeah, just see what he's got. Why not? See what he does for your for your game. Your and best player is your tight end. So why yeah, not? your best player is your tight end who he has a strong connection with. Exactly. Thanks, Herb. I appreciate that. Herb. Herb in the chat shows the shit, man. What a, what a pal. Thanks, Herb. I don't know, man. The Renegades are probably like the 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 Guardians are the worst team. The Renegades might be my most disappointing team right now. Uh, at two weeks. It's still only week two. Dude, I mean, I expected more from Stoops, dude. Well, I mean, you look back at 2020, I don't think they won a home game. I, so. But he, how can I say this? A returning coach. You know what I mean? I just, I just expected more. That's, I think a lot of people did. I just expected more, and you hit the nail on the head. I don't understand why Stroder's not the starter. You have the built-in relationship with the tight end, whose name I'm spacing on, of course. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. It's, 
I don't know, man. Week two's it's hard to like figure out who's great and who's not. And I'm gonna make all these definitive statements here and there. Fucking week two of 2020, I was ready to bury the LA Wildcats. Yeah. And then weeks three and four, they blow out the two teams they play. Yep. Like you might see drastic changes in the next couple weeks, depending on who's playing who. I'm going to say this. <coughs> this <coughs> that sounded so fucking good. That dude. was a bad one. That sounded so good. That was bad. I'm still um, smoking, though. I'm going to say this. I just think that it's going to be... We're going to see some changes. I think, you know... Well, damn, half the league is still playing two quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, and we're seeing, like, these huge points. Who are the Arlington Renegades to be laying eight and a half points this week? Well, okay, let's just – okay, so before we get to next week, we got to talk about it a little bit because spring football related. Brian Scott to the Toronto Argonauts, he's there. He's going to battle Swag Kelly, and I'm going to say he's probably going to lose because I think Chad Kelly is a way better quarterback. Yep. Like, Brian Scott, he, showed, he was the spring league MVP, like, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks in the in the USFL gets hurt. Looked good in the USFL. I'm not going to take that away from him. He looked good. Didn't make it to the XFL season. Yeah. Just jumped as soon as he heard that Brent Hundley was going to join the roster. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to be playing. He's going to be like trying out for the CFL. Yeah. It's... I don't know, man. I don't know. That doesn't I make sense. To me. Maybe he could be a backup. Maybe he could be a like I. He, he has shown talent. He's shown that he can be good. But, like, you got to play a full season sometime, dude. Yep. I agree 100, 155% with you. And, like, you're never going to get me to talk bad about Swag Kelly. Like, I'm always going to be on that's Swag your, Kelly's that's side. Your, that's your dog. That's, that's your my boy. boy. That's, that's my your boy. boy. That's your boy. Now, without further ado, let's get into the week three slate of the XFL. We have one Saturday game and three Sunday games this week. Interesting. Did you see the comment that was just brought up? Do you think the two summer leagues diluted the talent in half and the 2020 XFL had better talent? I potentially, I think, I think there's a good argument for that. I think, yeah, I would, I would say yes. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent with that. comment. Yeah. I, I would say yes. Like, I mean, you could just look at the quarterbacks. Yep. Like, Brandon Silvers was in the XFL in 2020, but you had Josh Johnson, who was like, he had been playing how many years in the NFL? Yeah, that's true. P.J. Walker was a backup for how many years in the NFL? Jordan Tamu, whose backup was Taylor Heineke? Like, there's some... Taylor Cornelius, who's now a starter in the CFL? Yep. Like, you just look at some of the talent. Donald Parham, who's, like, he's still on the Chargers roster. Like, there was, twenty. I, I think there's good argument to that. But I think as both leagues develop and continue, I think the talent gets better. And you see it every year. Like, especially, like, the USFL had it. XFL has it this year. Year one, the talent gets better throughout the season. And I'm going to say it. Week five is the, the benchmark. 
for like that's when games start getting good. Not to say like I've enjoyed every XFL game I've watched. They have been very fun. I've enjoyed every game I've watched too. And I enjoyed the USFL every game that I watched, but you like come on. We're not come on. There is a come on. lack of talent at the quarterback position. I think I think that fixes itself. I think that's also like we said a lot of these teams are like they're putting in other quarterbacks. They're not they're still they're still feel, some of these teams it feels like half the league is still kind of like feeling it out with the quarterback. Yeah. So until you get that like guy who gets his hands on the reins, it's gonna it's gonna be sloppy. Yep. And that's fun, and I enjoy it, but I'd rather see good play. I agree, one hundred and fifty slate, one hundred fifty percent. Now let's get to these games. Saturday starting off. 0-2 versus 0-2. Someone's walking away a winner. The Seattle Sea Dragons go to Vegas to the vaunted Cashman's Field. Uh, did you hear the attendance of Vegas, by the way? What the number was? No, it wasn't. 6,000. Which sounds very small, but then you realize Cashman only holds 10,000. That's still pretty good. It's. I mean, uh, by halftime, like, everybody was gone. Oh, yeah, because it was putrid there. Yeah, it sucked. I was in my shorts and my tank top. Also, just before we get into this, um, I thought I was smart. I got, like, second-row seats on the 50-yard line. Uh, it's a baseball field, jackass. You don't have raised seats. So I, the sideline blocked our entire view. Just giant players just standing in the way. So you had second-row, 50-yard line, and you couldn't see shit. I couldn't see shit. Wow. Second row, 50-yard line. Yeah, because you're you're ground level, basically, at that point. So you have the entire, like, home team sideline blocking everything. That's awful, man. So if you're going to go to Cashman's, I think I think if you go, like, 50-yard line, like, the 50-yard line part was great. If you're going to do that, go higher up. You'll, those seats are probably good. Okay. Don't go for the lower rows if you're going to go to Cashman's. But the Seattle Sea Dragons are minus three on the road over under set at 38 points. And I don't know what to do here, Eric. This one's tough. I know you're probably staying away. Uh, this is a pure stay away for me. Maybe I'll lean to the first half under once those lines <laughs> a little bit. This is a must win for both teams. Um, Seattle could easily be 3-0. and Uh... The Vipers' inability just to stop a basic quarterback power was just amazing to me. Um, yeah, this is a stay away from me. First half under is right now where I'm seeing it, 18 and a half. I would, I would take the under there. <clears throat> I would too. I would too. Um, I like the Dragons, man. I don't know. The Vipers, they had Hundley in game two, and he looked lost. Like, they didn't do anything. They put Perez in. He was getting lit up. I, as of now, I was I liked how the Vipers looked in Week One. They seem like a lost team at the moment. Uh huh. And unless they find themselves within the week, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Sea Dragons. Okay. I'm also gonna take I took the uh, over in the total game. You did go over. It's nicer weather, and I like both offenses a little bit. I don't like 
Vegas's defense, so I think I think this could get like a second half pointsy situation. Okay. <clears throat> the start of the Sunday Thrill Fest. Battlehawks at Defenders. Battles of the 2 and 0. So we start off with the battles of the 0 and 2. Start Sunday with the battles of the 2 and 0. Defenders minus 2 at home over under 36 and a half. I mean, you got to go defenders here in my eyes. Do you? Both I, teams with second half comebacks. I just have not been impressed with the Battlehawks, dude. They win great. I just, I don't know. I, I think the defenders are another well-rounded team. I like them quite a bit. I would roll with the defenders here, but I don't know, man. I'm rolling with Battlehawks magic. Give me Battlehawks straight up. Look at you, dude. And I'm going to take the over in this one, too. 36 and a half. Game number three. Orlando Guardians take on the Arlington Renegades. Renegades minus eight and a half. Over under 36. Eric, you alluded to this earlier. Who are the Arlington Renegades to be laying eight and a half to anybody? I mean, it's, I, I have to take the Guardians here. I have to. Yeah, same. I have to do it. Just makes sense. Lock in the Guardians. You have to play the number here. This is just way too many points. The Renegades, with how much how many issues they have offensively, should not be laying this big of a number. No, I took the under. I got the under at thirty seven, uh, thirty six. I still like it. I don't trust either offense a ton. Yeah. So yeah, I give me the Guardians. Depending on what that money, what is that money line? What do you think the money line is for the Guardians? Um, I, I have it pulled up right. It's three fifteen. Oh. I'll, I'll put a little money on that, too. I might sprinkle a little on the Guardians, dude. Yeah. I haven't liked what the Renegades have shown me. Renegades could be 2-0, 0-2 as well, too. They could easily be 0-2. Yeah. Easily. Easily be 0-2. Last game. Banger. Banger way. So I think I think this, is a very, this week has a lot of great matchups. I think yeah. this week sets up perfectly for, like, the most competitive matchups we've seen so far in the three weeks. San Antonio Brahmas at the Houston Roughnecks. Roughnecks minus four, over under of 36. Want nothing to do with this game, my friend. Nothing. I fucking, I hate this. I hate this nothing so much. Nothing to do. You can, you can call me every name in the book, Jimbo. No, I'm not going to because, like, you haven't, you didn't put yourself out there and say you're betting every game. I did. I'm going to take the Brahmas plus four. I got him at four and a half. I'm still going to take him at four. I think they keep it close. The Roughnecks have played the worst team and maybe like maybe one of the bottom two or three offenses in the Renegades. Mm-hmm. This is my thing. Jack Cohn... Against, against that defense, yeah, it's scary. It's yeah, I am scared, but I do think how close is San Antonio to Houston? I don't think it's that close, but it's close enough that you'll see some people travel. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Do I should I text Miss El Paso? Should you get some tickets to it? I'm not going to another game until the championship game. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm really wiped for money. I also went the over 36 in this game. Really? Yep. 
Interesting. Yep, I want the over in this one. Interesting. I might roll with first half unders again, though. For every game. Just every game. Interesting. Uh, what's your favorite bet, Eric, and why is it the Defenders, you fool? It's, is it the de- You only had two. What's your favorite of the two? Um, Probably the Guardians, just playing the number. I'm with you there. That's probably my favorite bet, too. That's just way too big of a number. I do like... Greg Williams' defensive scheme, I feel what he's going to be able to give the Battlehawks is going to be a huge thing. If we see the Battlehawks... You think Dr. Heat dials it up? Yeah. I think think Dr. Heat dials it up. Um, You think he puts a bounty on AJ? No. And I do think we're going to see more King in the running game. He's going to be able to run on the Battle Hawks. So we I think gonna... like the Brahmas did a great job moving the ball on the ground on Week One against the Battle Hawks. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, so. I think I think DC is going to play both quarterbacks like throughout the games. I think I think you're going to see a lot of dual quarterback situations. I am waiting to see once Frozo's right. The Battle Hawks defense is questionable. I'm waiting to see – so you can have two quarterbacks out there. What if you have Tommy and King out on the field at the same time? Look at you, dude. Just little the, innovator, double, the innovator of offense. Little double forward pass? Look at you, the innovator of offense, Jimbo. What about, what about like a Jordan Tomu screen to De'Eric King who passes it downfield? That's, that's sexy. That'd be hot. I like that. That'd be hot. That's it. That's Spring Fever, everybody. That's week three of the XFL coming up. Go put in your fucking Guardians tickets already. Locking those Guardians? I found I just found a plus 350 on the money line, my friend. Woo! Woo! Juicy. Juicy. Oh, uh, actually, before we go, let's we're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't check the futures right now. Let's see a little XFL future action. Let me find it. Come on, baby. Okay, Eric. Your favorite to win the XFL. Plus 275. Your DC Defenders. I see it, dude. I see it. Plus 325 for the Houston Roughnecks. I see that, too. I think I got the red. I got the Rednecks at 5 to 1 somewhere. Yeah, I got them at like 6.5 to 1, 7 to 1, something like that. Battlehawks plus three fifty. Don't see it. All right, so I was talking with my buddy Scott Bowser in Vegas. He asked me like two weeks before the season started who to pick, and I said it really depends on where you can get the lines because XFL lines the futures were different at like every book. It felt like. Yeah. So he got like the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks both at like six or seven to one. That's a good position to be in. There's you got one. one team from the north, one from the south. Now, Ooh. Ooh, I really, that's a good question. Okay, go ahead, Eric. I think the team that has value right now is the Sea Dragons. Sea Dragons eight to one. Yeah. Renegades plus six fifty. Vipers plus seven fifty. Brahmas eight to one might have some value. Yep. Uh, Guardians at sixteen to one. You can make that twenty to one, and I wouldn't take it. Oh, not after they win this week, my friend. But we got Creeper Freak in the chat with a good question before we head out. 
with high scoring and legalized gambling, do you think arena football can be successful in the future? I don't know. Like, I haven't seen any, like, onshore legal sports books that offer arena football. But I do bet it on offshore, like, time to time when I see the lines. I don't know. I mean, my my thing with that is if people know about it, they can do it. And if they're not going to get the marketing, they're not going to be able to do it. That's the thing. Like, I feel like it would have to only be, like, local books. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I really feel like the blueprint for these leagues is you just follow what the MSL, MLS did when it first started out. Everything was right next to a bar. They tied in drinks to going to the game. That's how you get the crowds in it. That fits out arena perfectly because you're already at a stadium, like an indoor yeah. stadium. Yep. It just that whole thing to me that just that just makes sense, dude. To do it. I will be betting on arena football just so everyone's aware. Just so everyone everyone's aware of the situation. Yeah, I will be betting on Indoor Football League and the AFL once it makes its glorious return. Not all not all heroes wear capes, Jimbo. I will but bet on every football league I can get my hands on. That's why you're the man, dude. Eric, before we go, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, ETOF21 Sports on everything. And also, my podcast comes out over the weekend. Jimbo is going to be on it. We're going to be talking some XFL. You listen last week, you hit a phenomenal 10 to 1 winner in Mr. Kyle Bush in the NASCAR race. Nice. And my boy Brandon is a professional iRacer. He knows all this guy, all the guys. He told a phenomenal story two weeks ago how one of the most recognizable NASCAR names is on the website sugardaddy.com and has and how it's causing a little issues with his marriage. Ooh. Ooh. And then my drama? No, on uh, on Tuesday. Y'all know where to find me. XFL gym everywhere, all the time. Since I'm not going on a vacation this week, guess what, baby? Guess you know what that means, Eric? Are we live streaming? I will be live streaming every single XFL game this weekend. Jim Sunday will... Sunday's going to take a lot out of me, dude. Dude, Sunday's going to Dude, that's an MVP-type performance, dude. Three games? Three games on Sunday? You kidding me? You're going to have the shakes, dude. Noon to three to seven. Whew! I don't know. It's good. Saturday's going to be a nice little tune-up for that. I need, I need a tune-up after taking a week off. But you can find me. You guys, tune into the stream Saturday and Sunday. Let's do it's it. It's going to be a blast. I'll, I'll make fi- it a I gotta figure out what I can do for uh, breaks between games, but th- there will be something. Uh, links, as always, gonna be down here for both of our YouTube channels. Um, go check us out. Eric's great. Go watch his shit. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Spring Beaver. Stay sweaty, boys. God damn it! And the bracket. <laughs> <laughs>